podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. We're talking Deep Space Nine, I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I see no need to dwell on what was doubtlessly a difficult time for both of us. Mm-hmm. That was Garrick. That sort of applies to our whole lives. <laughs> this has been a difficult time for both of us. <laughs> Truly. Truly apropos. I hope everyone out there is having a great time and not a difficult time. It's a new year. If you I are having got... a difficult time, allow us to transport you to an even more difficult podcast. <laughs> uh, yes, new year, new Andy. Uh, that's what he keeps saying every day. He wakes up. It's not true. He says, it's 20, 20 me. I'm going to do it. Say, when's the new me already? Uh, don't ever change, you know? It doesn't seem like I'm in danger of it. That's what I always say to Andy. Don't ever change. <laughs> That's not what you say. You're perfect the way you are. <laughs> you have lots of But complaints. tell everybody if they should watch this episode. Andy, would you have them watch this episode? Nah. <laughs> Matt, would you have them watch this episode? I mean, you want to see where Bashir and Chief O'Brien... First, you know, you really didn't hit the no post chance on of that finishing one. that sentence. <laughs> really no good. chance. Way off. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, sure, sure. But I mean, from my perspective, other than hearing you, you folks yammer about it, like I'm like, yeah, I guess they're implying they're going to be this friends. Is their this has no cue. significance to me. <laughs> this is their um, meat kid, Andy. Yeah. I'd like you to call me sir, by the way, from now on. All right. <laughs> Did you want to rank or just sir? No, no, just sir. All right. Or Julian. Either one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so let's go to the Admirals Club while we're here. And this door is so conveniently located. It is right next to us. We might as well. Welcome to the Admirals Club. Bling. Uh, Matt, how do they get into this Admiral's Club? Well, all they got to do is leave a five-star review for this podcast wherever things like this can be reviewed. <laughs> and you're in. If you do something if we, fancy, if you if you got a lot of followers, you're tweeting something, if you make a big post in a Star Trek f- group, um, and you're saying, hey, do, do something positive, then, uh, you know, feel free to... Email it in. Has anyone heard this drivel? That's what the post probably says, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, As long as you find some way to trick them into listening, you can frame it any way you want. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Meow Kitty, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, reviewed. 
Five stars. Not a burner account. No chance. <laughs> no chance. Here for the buffet. Hearing Andy's theories has finally made TNG make sense for me because he is very smart. I always knew there was something off about Weasley. Oh, nice. Uh, but seriously, thank you, Andy and Matt, for making a perfectly imperfect Trek podcast. I'm completely obsessed and love how many hours of audio y'all have. <laughs> well, you certainly can't knock us on on quantity. Um, That's right. And, and how much you talk about food. As a fellow enthusiast eater, I always lean in when you get going on about pizza or do a deep dive on pie. Your love of food, Trek, and each other shines through. Well done, Pod. XOXO. Badmiral Beth. Not <laughs> yeah. one of the good one, not the good Merles, one of the Badmirals. Thank you for joining us, Beth. Badmiral. Sorry I didn't call you by your proper rank. Uh, this is from Diana RN97, um, who uh, reviews, uh, just discovered this podcast a few months ago. I may not always agree with the gentleman's assessment um, on TNG episodes, but we are very close more often than not. If you are new to TNG or a fan from when it first aired, this podcast is for you. I agree, because I am all those things, and I make this podcast, so. It all adds up. Can't argue with math. Um, and that's it for the Admirals Club. All right, let's exit or the Admirals Club. is it the Admirals Club? Well, we're never going to know. And that was the Admiral's Club. The United Federation of Planets President Circle. Yes. It's the United Federation of Planets President Circle, an exclusive club you could join by supporting us on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Become a supporter of the show. Keep this ship a flying. And, uh, you know, if you want extra podcasts, uh, gajillions of hours await you in there. Andy uh, will pick a comment from one of these fi- fine folks and award it a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor really whatever tickles his fancy there's no formula to getting the medal of valor it's just you gotta i guess if there were a formula you'd have to get inside the mind of andy secunda good luck you don't want to be in there guys and this one goes to our old friend neil stud who uh, responded to uh, a quote that i said in the last uh, episode our fans are 99 percent sweet people Awesome, sweet people. Uh, and then he did the math and says, there are about 1,100 members in the Patreon at the moment, so that means about 12 of us are contemptible. And then Dan Ryan tacked onto that. They're possibly me. The TNC Dirty Dozen. <laughs> <laughs> we welcome you too. <laughs> even, the D- even the Dirty Dozen, we welcome to the Patreon. Uh, now we're in the uh, priority one messages proper, which if you join the Patreon, Did you I know use. that everyone, you get a new sound for that. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. If you join the Patreon, then uh, pay special attention to the to the comments. If you're um, tired of writing emails that don't get answered, head to Patreon. Fork over some cash for some content. And we'll read your email. 
<laughs> uh, real hard sell there, Matt. Kamaraki, uh, playing Dabo without knowing the rules at Quarks, hails us. This episode is dedicated to all the NPCs. This was Battle Lines, the previous episode, with the people that couldn't be killed. Um, this episode is dedicated to all the NPCs who are unkillable because you need them for the game to progress. <laughs> um, edit. Now that I finished the pod, it's too bad you guys don't hop on the Discord here and there. Matt, uh, Matt might have gotten a laugh out of our recent conversation where we came up with the Disney class starship, which basically became a Disneyland on a, became Disneyland on a starship crewed by the TNG characters. That would have been a real crossover interests event. Matt has been crossover interest event of the season. <laughs> Do you have two different interests? Get ready on crossover week on UPN. <laughs> Do you like both knitting and modern art? Um, You're yeah. gonna love what the gang at Shasta's get up to. What is the show called? Shasta McNasty. There it is. <laughs> Sad that I have that in my brain taking up space. Um, Matt is uh, Matt was uh, playing around with it, so you may even see him in there. Yeah, you're gonna hear all kinds of alerts in the last couple podcasts we did because I couldn't figure out how to mute anything. And I think we we have two. So. We have several different versions. There's all sorts of channels, and I think there's one for both the face group and one for the uh, the Patreon subscribers. Um, yes. I wanted to post about how much I hated the episode of Voyager we just watched. Yes. Uh, and I said, am I in the right place? And then they were like, no, you got to go over here. <laughs> I love that there are people and who are I, logged on anyway. Like, and I was like, oh, I don't have access to that. And then Rob Garrison uh, gave me access so I could just pop into that Patreon and say, I hate this episode. <laughs> How did they respond? Did well, it was funny because I was like the fourth comment of people who did not care for what was happening. Oh, sure. So. Yeah. Um, good job, Master Chief. You got him in there. Uh, I like that your description of that because it feels like it's like showing up to a to a weird meeting and being and there's only being like a couple of people in there and being like is this the room that this meeting is happening in like now yeah. it's on the other side of the building yep uh mike feel. mike Bazaruski, net related art and discussion curator and your lovable antagonist uh tells us dr bashir studied under dr crusher when she was head of starfleet medical so doing a bad job of judging alive versus dead makes perfect sense winky face emoji <laughs> Great and Terrible Lizak um, hails us, I enjoyed this episode, but really wanted to take, sorry, but really wanted a look in or update on these people's home world. I believe we were expressing that. If not, I certainly was thinking it. Had they made peace and forgotten about the examples over the generations? Had they destroyed each other and themselves like the people who made the robot Balana fixed in that one episode, uh, the, the robot Balana fixed in that one episode of Voyager? Alternative mm-hmm. twist these warring groups have only been on the moon for a few months, and the constant killing, dying, and regenerating has warped their sense of time. I'm also intrigued. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that is an interesting sci-fi twist. Uh, I'm also intrigued slash confused by this moon war plan in general. Did the warring countries make peace, then send everyone who insisted on continuing the fight up to the moon? I think this is the actual answer. Did they not make peace? Th- that was her, even though I changed voices. Uh, did they not make peace 
but decided uh, but decide to stay within their own borders, not interacting, but also not actively fighting? Did they come up with an agreement where they monitor the situation on the moon and nonviolently claim or cede territory based on who had the uh, who had won the most recent moon battle sort of like an endless hunger games with real world stakes these are all really valid questions and and especially the history of it i was very interested in and just like you're being very vague as though it's been thousands of years but i kind of assumed that the race that the planet had like died off right or they, even more ironically, maybe they, as soon as they were like, make examples of them. Then a few months later, they were like, ah, screw you. They kept fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's also the plot of Rollerball. It's for an even more old man reference than Hunger Games. Uh, Hunger Games is not an old man reference. Andy the Astrophysicist. Is that from the, the, the Discord? That was my email. I apologize. Okay. Andy the astrophysicist says Bashir is my MVC because he warns them not to die on that planet not even once. That is That's valid. true, and he does jump in front of that axe thing that that guy's going to throw. That's true. Oh, boy. David S., the homework-stealing Vulcan. Hilarious. I feel like we, unders- we undersold Bashir's contributions last week. Who did we Chief pick? O'Brien. Was it oh, O'Brien? Chief. Yeah, you know, that's valid. Uh, David S. says, uh, as a medical professional, when it comes to CPR, all other injuries get a back seat to getting the heart pumping again. Broken back slash paralyzed and alive is greater than dead plus not as broken. I've done CPR on people in the OR that crashed in the middle of the case where they where even sterility goes out the window in favor of getting the patient back. There are times when where other injuries are attended to while doing CPR, but that's in a controlled environment like the OR. Did CPR on a person who was bleeding out every time? Uh, sorry, did did CPR on a person who was bleeding out and every time I did compressions? Oh Jesus, this is good. You might you might want to fast forward if you're uh, if you're uh, squeamish. Uh, and every time I did compressions, blood shot out of a torn artery, which they were frantically trying to fix. So anyway, Bashir did the right thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. David S. Kind of like putting, putting soap over the tire, soapy water over the tire to see where the leak is. It's exactly like that. Same thing. You know. uh, David S. Uh, like wait, very- wait, wait, where's this tear in this artery? Someone start CPR. That's what they say at Mass General. Uh, thank you for your service, David S. Um, and thank you for David, writing I don't thank in. You. I don't thank you. You're part of the problem, David. Well, you know what? Then save me Maybe first. Some of these, if Matt and Maybe I come in side people... by side, save me first. <laughs> <laughs> Andy probably uh, has better insurance. You better save him first. Um, uh, I appreciate your correcting us. We were making fun of Bashir for doing aggressive CPR on a person with, with all sorts of broken stuff in him. And you, well, you know, I think you now, made, really, it made sense. We're making fun of Bashir for not being able to cure somebody on a planet full of nanobots that cure people. That is true. <laughs> Tess addresses our long digression into sweatpants by simply saying, life is better in soft pants. Yeah. True. I'm I'm in soft pants right now. Yeah. 
And uh, your Discord savior, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison, asks, Andy, are you a DS9 fan yet overall? This wasn't a great episode to ask me this question, Master Chief, uh, because uh, it was sort of boring. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, I I, I would say the honest answer is, in terms of like, because I feel like what you're getting at is as a as a fan is like, oh, would this be a show you would go, oh, you got to check this out, or is this great? I'm definitely not there yet. I am definitely above where I was originally, which is, ugh, I cannot watch this. And now I'm like, oh, I see what they're kind of going for. It's this Deadwoody kind of, you but know, But do you paste. think you're above that where you initially were because you have now seen so much bad Star Trek? I think that's definitely the case. I also think my tastes have refined a bit. Because I have watched premium TV like Deadwood and and uh, what else would fall into that category? Breaking Bad was a little bit more whiz bang kind of like shit always happening. Um, uh, the Wire would be the perfect example. So I think I'm I'm someone who who now has more patience to go. Ooh, what's going to happen now? Ooh, what's what character thing are they exploring? Mm-hmm. Chief Runabout Procurement Officer Tom Casey hails us. 13 weeks in, I finally have a job to do. Farewell, Yangtze Kiang. Is that how you pronounce it? (laughs) Uh, We hardly knew ye. I have already started on the paperwork to request a new runabout. The rep from Starfleet says there is a wee bit of a wait at the moment, and a replacement won't be ready for approximately five to six months. They said it was something to do with cup holders. I'm not sure if they meant there were too many or not enough. Either way, health and safety are now involved, and a whole bunch are being recalled and refitted. Thankfully, nothing ever happens out here uh, that we need all three runabouts. We are a parking lot in space, after all. Thank you for doing your duty, Officer Casey. Um, Casey, now he should keep the running total of how many runabouts the 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 station loses over the course of the show. They lose a lot. No spoilers. Uh, David S. also says, It's interesting that a civilization has nailed, as a punishment, the ability to completely revive a dead person with no noticeable signs of injury. You think Bashir, this is sort of to your point, Matt, you think Bashir would have sent medical science crews to study whatever was keeping them alive for future use, although that would completely take away the consequence and drama of death. Um, David S. also says, The prison colony with its ability to revive its prisoners to, I assume, 100% health is basically a multiplayer video game set in uh, set free-for-all or team deathmatch. So it makes sense that the prisoners don't bother with start strategy or defense since there's not even really a goal of retaining territory or winner after X amount of kills. But you would think that... No, no camping at spawn points. That's the only rule there. That's the only rule. They don't. They just spawn where they are. Isn't that what happened? I yes, remember. Did they get right up, or did we not see them get up in that last scene where everybody dies? Don't they get up, but not immediately? Right, because the it's the nanobots that fix them. It's not somebody else that fix them. Um, but you would think that, as Matt said, they would get tuckered out or bored. The only thing that would explain why they're not is perhaps the nanobots that heal them don't let them learn over time and reset their brains to continue fighting. In which case, Opaka has an uphill battle ahead of her. No pun intended. The pun being she's on a battlefield 
and the task at hand will be difficult slash impossible if the people she is trying to teach are incapable of learning. Fair points. Dratsum. I think she'll do it. <laughs> she does seem endlessly patient. She'll take care of it. Don't worry. Or is she, by the same token, is she just trapped in the same thing? Of that every time she dies, it'll be she'll be just resetting to zero and be like, I can do this. She will not have every learned time she, she dies, do this. she's looking for Bashir and Cisco. <laughs> uh Hey there, Andy and Matt. This is from Dretzen, you know. Uh was really excited to hear Andy read my comment in the President Circle on the latest DS9 episode. Unfortunately, I think Andy misquoted me, slightly leading to Matt possibly being more worried about turning off new people. Uh, to the pod just to clarify i did not stop listening to guy to you guys when i heard your hot takes on picard season one uh i went back and put on your encounter at farpoint episode and have continued to listen faithfully ever since your inside baseball perspectives the obvious love you both have for good storytelling Andy's endless curiosity and Matt's passion for the Trek universe is what keeps me coming back to this wonderful presidential circle. You have both helped me, as well as many others, get through some tough years, and I would never want to discourage you from sharing your perspectives with as many listeners as possible. Uh, Anyway, thanks for being who you are and uh, sharing that with everyone. All the best. I admire you for hearing our take, not agreeing with it, but then going back to something else that you knew. And listening to our take on that. Um, Dratzimino also I, I, says... I would not have the patience. Does my online handle qualify as a pun if it's just honey mustard backwards? Uh, you did say how I say it. You did say how I say it. I guess you did say it how I say it. Which made me yell a mighty secunda when I heard that. Uh, thanks again and Happy New Year to you both. Happy New Year to you, know. Um. <laughs> so, are we still planning yes. to? Are we still planning to release those Picards? What do you want to do? Uh, I I think Picard season twos. I'm like I'm 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 of two minds about it. I think for sure I want to do the first episode and the last episode. I don't know if I want to fill the feed with the rest of it. Isn't it all about? Kind of sucking them in, kind of, kind of giving them the, their drug <laughs> of us being sour about Picard. <laughs> I think that you'll 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 get that in spades from the first two. All right, so it's more of a sampler I mean, than it is. Yeah, it's yeah, well, it's also like it's ten episodes that I'd have to <laughs> fill the feed with. So that'd be. Plus, we both said things where we were like, oh, thank God nobody who makes the show will hear this because it's behind a paywall, but blah, 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 blah. Right. <laughs> we both said that a number of times. If you do work for any Star Trek show and you listen to this pod... Please or have play this for the people in charge. Maybe they can fix it. <laughs> I was going to say, just write into sttncpod at gmail.com and let us know. Um... <laughs> Uh, let's see. Lieutenant Tess also says, I didn't realize that Andy's squirrel friend was also in a gang involved in turf wars. LA sure is a rough <laughs> place. Uh, knife emoji, Can squirrel be. emoji. Now, was this, I can't remember which episode, whether it was in the Patreon or it was this. 
that I thought I heard a fight outside. That was obviously, I believe. It was this one. That's what this is in reference to. Yeah. So just to, uh, I don't know if anybody would have been upset by that or just been like, well, he's just being insane as always. Uh, but uh, uh, I realized later that uh, it was incredibly atypically windy night in Los Angeles and there was a long branch that was squeaking and scratching against the window creating what sounded to me like fight sounds amongst animals like Um, so nothing nothing to worry about except my um, misunderstanding of sound And in, in, in creating a, a, a crazy story regarding some sounds. This is this is like, a, I think, an episode of Leave it to Beaver was a very similar plot. Mm. And then, you know, the older brother had to point out that it wasn't anything scary. It was just the branches yeah. up against the window. Did you really watch Leave it to Beaver? Uh, thanks to Nick at Night, I've watched everything. Yeah. I watched the Petty Duke show. Sure. Um, they walk along the dark lanes. What a crazy pair. But they're cousins. Identical, identical cousins. cousins. And you'll find. Um, yes. Yeah, Patty Duke familiar with the show. Trying to think what else I would watch. Um, I don't recall. Ben Plavin. Tells us, totally unrelated comment, but I was watching ahead with my son, and there's a DS9 episode with, spoilers, Kira in a super tight cat suit. My son was like, oh, geez, could you please not? It's so disrespectful. And I had to explain to him the whole Berman Braga conundrum, as well as describe TV in the 90s. Uh, I didn't have the heart to tell him about Seven's corset or T'Pol's pajamas. I'm wondering (laughs) now how old your son is. That he's that has that evolved yeah, the perspective. What a, what a what a baby! I mean, oh, well, that was not what I was, over saying. It. <laughs> I was saying. The Get reverse. over it, kid. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. This isn't behind the paywall. This um, must be his reaction whenever they're watching TOS and and Shatner's shirt gets ripped open. He must be like, "Ugh, enough <laughs> with this." Um, that's it for priority one messages. All right, let's have some priority two messages, a.k.a. the regular folk out there. Captain, we are being hailed. You know, technically we didn't. I got to leave. Hang on. Now we can. I was wondering. I didn't have a, I didn't have any of my hails, my regular hails equipment in the. Uh... Captain, we are being hailed. Oh, thank God. I would have to, you know, use the, use the was console. That was almost a snafu that I uh, wouldn't be able to live with. Thank God. I was. I needed to use the console to switch my switch the regular hails out into the into the other room. Um, beep boop, beep boop, boop boop. Sam Light. Sam Lightfoot says, "Hey Matt and Andy, just found your podcast like two months ago. Uh, I'm up through Starship Mine, but I was listening for a few weeks before I Jesus. commented That's because fast. I th- thought surely somebody would point it out, but alas, it will be me." How did Andy not tie his most infamous theory, Wesley's psychopath, into the first duty? It's the clearest example. As a lifelong fan of TNG, 
And after I heard his theory and realized we were getting closer and closer to the first duty, I was sure Andy was going to go on a tirade, a tirade. Uh, But uh, nothing. Frank Sinatra, come on. Wesley clearly planned out the death of Joshua Albert, and when his Nova Squadron (laughs) fellows started to wonder, he manipulated everyone, including uh, the Academy, to think Locarno was responsible, costing him his place in Starfleet and allowing Wesley to get away with it with a slap on the wrist. Wesley killed the kid, blamed Tom Paris, no consequences except you have to repeat calculus. Uh, love you guys. Keep up the shoddy work. I think we all love it. <laughs> I like that you're not you're not fully committing to that. We all love it. Um, maybe I'll hear this in three months when I'm caught up to you in DS9. Now, while wow, you are tearing through them, my friend, live long and secunda. Slow down. Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, Sam, I mean, I'm shocked that I that wasn't my thought, uh, Sam. So I totally, I totally concur. It's. Uh, it's more evidence. I believe in the that pile. your thought in that episode was whether or not the first duty was the truth. <laughs> yeah, we might have been, we might have gotten sound tra- sidetracked by the first duty argument. minute tirade. <laughs> so I didn't have time for. We other had theories. some doozies. We had some doozies of arguments over the stupidest Star Trekery. I mean, it's like insane. I, I, we had a couple that I cut. We had to cut out because we got so heated. Because they were, they, yes, it was insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some of them got real personal. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> that hasn't happened in a while because we're both depressed enough to not care. Uh, okay, short DS9 MVC. This is from our old friend uh, Cosmo Moore. Some people were lamenting that they hadn't heard the... Uh, or I don't know, they've just been people named Moore. <laughs> Moore. Ron Moore. Roger Moore. A Josh Moore. Ronald D. Moore. A Joe Moore. I have a Carl Moore. <laughs> Shout out to all you Moore. We have an unusually large complement of Moores on this ship. Uh, hello, Andy. In the weeks since uh, Deep Space Nine, in this week's Deep Space Nine, Matt mentioned that the only Deep Space Nine MVC's clip was long. I'd sent shorter version. I think we had other ones besides even yours, Cosmo. Um, but uh, I assume they get lost in Matt's mess of a soundboard. Here's a short they version. They do. So you have both a short version and then a super short version for your perusal. Super short, which is 4.4 seconds. Now we're talking. Let's hear it. The MVC. Ooh, that's going to be my favorite, I think. Who will it be? The MVC. Perfect. Those are both perfect. Go. There you go. Thanks, Cosmo. I'm pretty sure that you, on the short Cosmo, that MVC short Cosmo, I'm pretty sure that's the short one you made. Matt gets, he's I usually, I lost. he's usually tired by the end of the episode and he's just like, oh, I just find the, the, the short clips. Um, a limited time offer from 1989, LOL, from our old friend Mark Schultes. Howdy, boys. No episode specific comments or hijinks. But I found something I had to share with you guys as I was sorting comics. I saw this ad in a 1989 issue of Transformers. I have no recollection of these. And since I'm a few years older uh, than Matt, he might not either. From what I gather, per the link below. Um, here, I'm just going to send you the link. He had, he had one of an I ad, don't, too. I don't ever. I've seen it. You sent it to me during the week. Oh, I did? I don't okay. ever remember seeing action figures for Star Trek V. I, I, I've never seen action figures for Star Trek Five. Me neither. 
These were the last products Galoon The only thing made. I remember them... I was going to say, the only thing I remember them making tie-in-wise yes. to Star Trek V was Spock's marshmallow thing. <laughs> what a weird... Was, what a weird a product. With the marshmallow company. It was like a mail-in. Um... Uh, from what I gather, these are the last products Galoob made with the Star Trek license, but what boggles my mind is the price. G.I. Joe classified Star Wars Black Series Marvel Legend. These are $20 figures today. The fact that Galoob thought 34 years ago Trekkies would, would fork over $20 for a Cybok figure defies logic. I mean, they're barely articulated. Oh, wow. The weapons are molded into what their hands. San Francisco Mint? For $20, I'd expect the figure to ask me about my pain, at least. <laughs> anyway, 33 more episodes until the Defiant. Live long and prosper. Lieutenant Mark, you need to watch The Expanse Schultes. Wow. Yeah, I just Googled them. I have never seen these before. You know, they're but in they're the actually, link that I just... pretty good looking. ...sent to you. Um, the ad is hilarious, also. So maybe I'll put it on the on the uh on the instagram since it's since it's not in order oh, you're all cut up to this episode <laughs> well that's about star <laughs> trek five so it's uh it's not chronological um and then we have some prime correctives that are really all the same prime corrective but uh i thought oh I wow you can get them you can get them still in box new in box for 40 bucks on ebay oh really yeah. Ooh, there's a lot of four figures. They're all loose, but might be worth it. No Spock, though. No Spock, huh? They, they do have that Klingon commander, though, which I liked. <laughs> I liked seeing him in the in the fray. Uh, you said we had a prime corrective? Uh, yes. Do you, okay, would you like that's to? what we were going to do next, you said? Yes. Did you want me to just... Okay. No, no, here you go. Time for... Um, the third one, not the first or second one, will be from Nick from Massachusetts, who sent us a voice hail that I just dropped in the box. Um, oh. First one's from Mike Bezaruski, who says, this is a very unnecessary prime corrective. When you gents were discussing Paul Lind, Matt said he knew him from Match Game like most of society, uh, I'm guessing, without being able to read his mind, of course, that he meant Hollywood Squares, where Paul Lind was the center square for decades, 68 to 81. Yes, I did. Why I did you read my mind? Game Get out mine. of it! Uh, I prop- here's, He also corrects me in this, even my though... <laughs> I don't think he intended to. Other uh, Eric Peebles is about to correct me. Uh, I propose that Match Game is much more associated with Charles Nelson Riley, who had a similar personality to Paul Lind, when you when you, if you remember, I was like, "Wait, am I doing Paul Lind or am I doing someone else?" And the person that I was doing, or at least was attempting to do, was Charles Nelson Riley, who had some similar. Uh, you know, I think your impression of both would be the same. There's nuances. Charles Nelson Riley has more of a. <laughs> I guess now that I'm doing it, I guess I guess yeah. Paul Lind has a yeah, little bit of that too. Paul Lind, exactly. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, 
Only one of them is featured in a Weird Al song, however. That would be Charles Nelson Riley. Uh, Eric Peebles then says if Matt was around in the late 70s, early 80s, he would have been one of those famous for being famous people, doing spots on Match Game and Hollywood Squares, appearing oh, on all the variety shows. Yeah, what a sweet gig. You would have been great at that, Matt. Oh, I would have been fucking fantastic at Match Game. Maybe a guest starring role on Love Boat. Matt oh, and his wife. yes. Get me on the Love Boat. Played by Jenny Lee Harrison, rekindle their love with the help of Gopher. I prefer uh, me and Charo have a thing. Oh, shooting high, yeah. <laughs> um, I sell her. I, yes, I, sell her I sell her a guitar. Is she Cuban <laughs> or Puerto Rican? What is she? She's Charo. She transcends any definition of Latina. Maybe Argentinian. Um. Uh, whatever the case uh, and then the last one is from Nick from Massachusetts hey guys Nick from Massachusetts alright <laughs> listen you're talking about Paul Lynch but you're doing with Charles Nelson Riley. okay Charles yeah. Nelson Riley was more famous for Match Game Paul Lind was more was famous, famous for Hollywood, Hollywood Squares so Charles Nelson Riley always had the cigar or the pipe and glasses. And, and that was like his thing. And then Paul Wynn sounds like Roger from American Dad because that's what they're going for. So anyway. Yes. Get your closeted 70s comedian straight, fellas. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was very insensitive of us. That, we apologize, that, Nick. That's uh, the my favorite sentence ever <laughs> uh and charo um was from i don't know if i'm pronouncing this correctly mercia or Marcia. matt any idea I don't know cuban from spain um which i would not i would guess that last uh but uh there you go <laughs> really spain. last that would have been the last place you guessed <laughs> <laughs> not of all the places in the world but of all the latin countries <laughs> <laughs> Germany? No. <laughs> Ireland? No. Hmm. What the hell's he doing? He's missing the clear, clear, clear Australia? Here. It's kind of an Australian no. accent. God damn it. <laughs> um, that is it for the hails. If you would like to send us a hail, please send it to sttncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere. Uh, if you would like to tweet Matt, you can tweet or Instagram him at Matt Myra. You can Instagram me at Andrew Secunda or tweet me at Secunda. Um, our, uh, are you still putting the thing at the end of the episode? It's at Star Trek TNC is our Twitter. No, I haven't done it in a long time, actually. Um, and Would you like me to do it today? I will. Sure. It's, you know, somebody went to the trouble of making us a, this this beautiful. It's back in, baby. Starting today. Um, I keep forgetting to mention our, at Star Trek TNC for both our Instagram and our Twitter, which probably is more important than any of the other stuff I mentioned. And if you would like to voice hail us, send it to 816 Trek TNC. That's it for the hails. All right. Closing up the hail bag. Look at that. A tight 38. Huh? Under 40 minutes. What do you say, guys? This is less of a saucer section and more of a runabout. Uh, let's it's probably because it was only a week between them which is what it used to be yeah back in the day whatever happened oh I remember we don't work together anymore that's right now 
I'm going to play the jingle from Nacho. We crossed many doors to many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. So plug TNC in your little Borg node. Let's talk about this week's episode. This week's episode of Deep Space Nine is brought to you by the letter L. <laughs> and the number three. Uh, 2nd of May, 1993. I was probably having a great time. I was 10 years old. Not a care in the world. What was happening, Andy? Well, your 10-year-old self was dancing to Freak Me by Silk in the you U.S. You know it. <laughs> I don't know either of these songs. Yeah, you do. You know Freak Me. Do I? Yeah. yeah. The other one is Five Live by George Michael and Queen Lynn. Oh my goodness. Uh, the number one song in the UK, Five Live by George Michael and Queen with Lisa Stansfield. Number one alternative mm. song, Regret by New Order. Number one um, movie, still in decent proposal. Number one TV show that week, the movie Fried Green Tomatoes. I wonder why he wrote the movie Fried Green oh, Tomatoes. Oh, so last week was probably the Cheers finale. Oh, yeah? Wow, 93. Right? What a run. Yeah. Uh, Matt, why don't we get a, a show that we created and run it, it in uh, the late 80s and 90s and then be have $100 million? There. Done. Beautiful. Um, the what do we do with the rest? <laughs> well, we already spent it on trying to make a starship. Oh, I see. Uh, that would be actually May 20th is the series finale. So My birthday, Matt. That's my birthday is a little reminder for you. Oh, now it's a good way to remember it. Oh, no. I gave you a trick. We'll see if it works. Born on the same day Cheers ended. No wonder you're a walking <laughs> black cloud. <laughs> uh, events. South Africa agrees to hold its first multiracial elections. Oh, that's nice. Time magazine cover. <laughs> Tragedy in Waco. Oh. oh, that's nice. <laughs> but oh. apartheid's over. Oh, oh ra- racial equality. Oh. Uh, that's, that's good. Let's. <laughs> that's positive. See. <laughs> oh, there's also there's. You gotta you gotta oh. hit a, an elsewhere oh, yeah, track. Yeah, that's true. It'll be interesting to see if this Elsewhere is a good... Elsewhere in track. Let's see what's out there. Engage. That week's TNG episode was Frame of Mind, which aired May 3rd. For Dr. Crusher, it was probably a pretty busy week. Not only was she directing a play that she had written, but she was also getting ready to go to the Altine Scientific Conference. Would she be lucky enough to learn about upgrading the shields and solve a murder? Dare to dream, (laughs) Beverly. I love the color. 
Um, there you go. Um, I was wondering. Uh, I was wondering. Uh, I wonder if this will be a good TNT episode. Obviously, it's already one for the books already. Let's not fool ourselves. Because <laughs> uh, the truth is, I really found this one very boring and i just kept waiting and usually even the ones that are sort of boring i'm noticing little things and whatever and this one i was just like when is this fucking thing over wow i don't blame you it's not the best thing i've ever seen <laughs> but uh this is uh story the storyteller teleplay by kurt michael benzmiller and iris stephen bear story by kurt michael benzmiller and directed by david livingston i presume according to memory alpha <laughs> Ah! What? I didn't hear it. I said, I presume. Which I'm sure I've done that joke 900 times already. Oh, boy. If I haven't, then you're welcome. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's happening to me. Chief O'Brien is appointed spiritual leader of a Bajoran village. Meanwhile, (laughs) Nog and Jake try to help their new friends settle a struggle between two Bajoran villages. (laughs) Dumb plot. Boring. Just reading Di- it out loud. It's like just reading it out loud. Diplomacy it's like, through the eyes of children and yeah, Cisco know. doesn't even have that much to do. And I don't know. I don't know what I'm watching in this episode. This is Paramount Plus. We will probably be changing soon to something else in a desperate attempt to stay economically We're viable. Split into <laughs> movies on this one, TV on that one. <laughs> Stardate 46729.1. The Bajoran government has asked me to mediate a disagreement between two rival factions, the Paku and the Navat. At issue is a land dispute, which could trigger a civil war. Commander, the Paku delegation has arrived at docking port 6. Let's welcome them aboard. Dax, any word on the Navat? They should be here within Excuse the hour. Me, Commander. Chief. And there's your check for the week, everybody. Way to go, Farrell. You just collected your series regular check for saying that one line. That's all she says? That's all she says in the entire episode. Congratulations. You are having the best week ever. (laughs) Going back to if we have anyone who is a professional writer out there, please hire me to do that on your show as a regular. (laughs) Sir, I was wondering if perhaps Ensign Boyer might replace me on this particular mission. I thought he said Boimler for a second. Chauffeur and, uh, oh, Boyer. He's saying Boyer, Andy. though. What? Andy. Yeah. Just relax. Someone's going to hire you to be a series regular and only say one word. You think so? You just got to You just gotta secret it, you know? Put it out into the universe. That's a really good idea to secret. You know? That's what you want. You want to yeah. be a series regular but not use that much. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what you want, what the optimal thing is even better than that, is if you're a series regular, you're not used that much, but you're the sniper. Like, they give you something fucking hilarious to do. You walk in, you crush, you leave. You're Creed on the office without having to be in the background. Exactly. Yeah. I was run about just as well as I can. Has something come up that requires your presence on the station, Chief? Oh, no, sir. Everything's running smoothly for a change. But around here, you never know. Ah, Chief, there you are. All set to go? Yes, sir. Commander, did the magistrate give any indication as to the nature of this medical emergency? Only that his village was in danger of extinction. In that case, we better be on our way. 
Please state I the nature agree. of the medical emergency. Yes. Docking port six. You know, Chief, in a way, I'm really looking forward to this mission. And why is that? Well, I see it as a wonderful opportunity for us to get to know each other. No. Ah, uh-huh, he hates him. Uh, but at this point in the show, uh, he's all of us. A hundred percent. I'm like, yeah, I totally am. I would not want to be on a on a long <laughs> runabout ride with uh, Bashir. This is a classic. Uh, However, yeah, cold open. Where the, the is uh, also a good point. Uh, the thing I was going to say is, oh, she's yeah. she's younger than we thought. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they might as well have just had Odo coming by disguised as a glass as their punch. Um, uh, I just wanted to say, he hates him at the beginning, and I don't know that we really get any sense of anything that kind of. It's like it's sort of like huh, he's kind of softened on him a little bit, and I'm like, why? I guess he stopped that. He helped stop that guy from stabbing got, him. But. Yes, I think they. I think like I think it was like they were they were just a a, a, a hair or like one beat short of hijinks, uh huh. Which they should have gotten to. That that's exactly right. And uh, they're always sort of dancing around it, like with the you know the ladies and stuff, you know, which is its own obviously. Yeah, but in this like. There's so many opportunities to like have Bashir cover for for O'Brien, who's not doesn't want to be this leader, doesn't want to be the spiritual guide or whatever, but have like Bashir be his mouthpiece, but like cover, for, you know what I mean? Sort of like in a in a in a in a in a more hijinksy kind of a way. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Which I think would have would have would have brought that relationship of the characters i mean you make a good point which is basically like that side of the story the problem is that neither side you kind of could argue that about the the which which would you say is the a plot by the way because the episode is called the storyteller it's the bajorans right okay so that's the I mean, a it's, plot it's the bajorans on the planet not right the bajorans on the space station and the b plot is the little girl d- diplomat and it's like both of them kind of should be like hijinksy or, you know, kind of comedic. Yeah, you know, it's it funny. Seems. And it's neither good, of them the are. Nog, Nog and, and Jake get a get get a little hijinksy. They have the one you prank. Prizank. I, I guess they. What's that? <laughs> prizank. You know, that's what kids say nowadays. Is it? You've been prizanked. I don't know that. No one uh, says it. Don't worry about it. No, not that's a comforting. Person says that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they do the the prank, and they do the you know they're obviously like you're trying to get the 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 young lady to to be interested in them. So that's sort of like uh, it's on the verge of hijinksy. I don't know if it's performances. Who? It's a oh, Livingston directed mm. this. It's just not fun. The whole episode's not fun. Let's get into it. <laughs> Let's watch. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting them to sit down at the same table will be an accomplishment. Sir, about these negotiations... You have some advice for me? There's an old saying on Bajor. The land and the people are one. Well, the land inhabited by the Paco and the Navat 
some of the harshest on the planet. Relax, Major. This is not my first time up at the plate. Sir. Besides, I guess the Universal I'll Translator doesn't to help me avoid making mistakes. Translate what plate means. Tell in me this what context. you know about the Paku Tetrarch. You know, I think in reality she wouldn't have said sir. She would just assume he was making a metaphor about eating dinner. It's <laughs> a good point. And just go along with it. This is my okay. first time. This isn't my first time eating dinner. Works fine. Yeah. Yeah. Not much. The Paku choose to avoid contact with outsiders. Commander Sisko? Yes. That's me. I am Vera Sul, Tetrarch of the Paku. <gasps> Welcome. It's a young why they, woman. Why do, look at the, why do they look at each other? <laughs> Can you believe it? So especially why does Kira look at him with shock? Like they've they've been in like there's the opaka. She's a person of you know. They know. survived the Borg, and yeah. this is what gets them to double take at each other. But 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 she's so young. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> question of course and i'd like an honest answer you'll get one do i annoy you annoy me (laughs) what sort of a question is that well the thing is we've just spent the last two hours alone together in this runabout and you've hardly said a word to me the whole time really i hadn't noticed oh i see i suppose it's because i was too busy thinking thinking that's right about what what? What were you thinking about? I'm just curious. Well, let's see. Um, well, I was thinking that when we get back to the station, I'll have to run a level one diagnostic on the phase coil generators. Are satisfied? I suppose so. Glad to hear it. I mean, the only reason I bring it up is because your opinion means a lot to me. And I'm aware that I have a tendency to run off at the mouth sometimes. Is that a fact? I suppose it's just a nervous habit. I hope you don't hold it against me. Oh, not at all, sir. And one more thing. What's that, sir? I don't think it's really necessary to call me, sir. Well, what should I call you? Well, you're my superior officer. How about Julian? Did they call him doctor? Is that an order? Good, you could. It's just that I'd simply prefer it. I mean, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be, if you're like trying to not get them to be more friendly, that would be his response. Call me doctor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I understand. I was just wondering. He his first thing is sir, as opposed to doctor. I'm what? just. I was just interested that that was uh, O'Brien's choice was to call him sir. Why are you question Chief O'Brien? Here's my other question. So oh, his no. uniform is the same as everybody's, and he just rolls up his sleeves. He rolls Probably. his sleeves up. He sometimes will have his entire jacket unzipped. Sometimes you know if it's real hot and he's working on something. I guess I dig that. Anything else? Any other questions about Chief O'Brien? <laughs> Not as of yet. <laughs> Look at the grandeur of this set. I'm Dr. Bashir. This is Chief O'Brien. This village is in great jeopardy. I only hope you're not too late. Now, you want to hear a funny face blindness thing? Mm. You thought that was Mick Fleetwood? <laughs> uh, no, I see this guy 
and I am immediately like, that's the guy from the nth degree. <laughs> that's the big head guy from the nth degree. He's uh, not even up. He's lying down. <laughs> I don't even see him that well. <laughs> oh, that's the guy. And is it? It is him. I know know him from something big, and it's because he had a real big head. He did. His head was right next to Patrick Stewart. That's right. Then let's talk. The official negotiations don't begin until tonight, but I thought it might be a good idea that we meet informally to see where we all stand. Wait, wasn't he a Klingon? I feel like he was a Klingon at some point. Catty Cooter was the name of the Sira. According to the treaty that has existed between you for the past 90 years, the border separating the Paku and the Navat shall forever be the River Glirhand. That's correct. Well, at least we all agree on something. Now, as I understand it, during the occupation, the Cardassians diverted the river for use in their mining operations. As a result... The Glearhound now flows 20 kilometers west of its former position. 20 kilometers into Navat territory. That's Paku territory now. You read the treaty, Commander. The river is our common border. The treaty says nothing about stealing land. If your father was alive, he would give us back what is ours. My father would do no such thing. Besides, I'm Tetrarch now. I will not be pressured into betraying my people. Let's see. Two Oh, I forgot about this part. Didn't you? Didn't you watch it? <laughs> yeah, I did watch it, but I forgot. Oh, you I forgot, forgot this, the the splash about this part. Yeah. A glass of Gamzian wine. Seems very unconvincing and not spacey. Involved. It's just like orange Honestly, juice and God, grapefruit juice. This to me feels like it was a one and done take. Uh huh. Because. Oh right. Because it'll ruin the I costumes. Wouldn't have, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have trusted this position. This this take. If I was directing it, I wouldn't have used this take. And I bet it's not easy to get Ferengi costumes and makeup wet. And then it's probably a whole thing. You got Does she throw it dryers. in this take though? Juice. She does. Lady. Well, I mean, this is. I'm talking about this scene. This, I'm the not take of, a little lady. You're right. It's the other coverage. Yeah, because you can't. The other yeah, one's a complicated. I the other one's a complicated it. move. You don't want to do end end it on a one and done. Right. Yeah. Um. Um. Anyway, I just would have chosen a different take, I guess. <laughs> you know, was it the performance or the way she throws yes. it? Yeah. Performance. Yeah. The throw was fine. Yeah. I like that you have these. These guys are semi Twi'leks from uh, Star Wars, except they have one trunk instead of two. Why not? Because baseball is slow and boring. And you can't hit my curveball. It's a stupid game that even humans stopped playing hundreds of years ago. Maybe, but you still can't hit my curveball. Mr. Sisko, Nog, I thought I told you no dangling over the promenade. Which is incredibly dangerous. We could see things better from down here. What does he say? May I ask you so interesting? Oh, he's saying down there as opposed to standing up on the yes. you know, nice catcher. Nothing. In that case, you can see nothing just as well from up here. Now, on your feet. Seems like Odo's just being a drag here for no reason. I agree. 
but also I liked it. <laughs> Just being the, the Mr. I Wilson. I like the idea of him sliding in, going no dangling over the promenade. Yeah, that's fair. That's they, fair. And yeah, it's they, a good character they go, choice. All right, and then they and then they immediately sit back down. Come on, yeah. Buck Bakai hit a few octaves. He was the greatest hitter of all time. I'll even let you use my glove. I have never seen anything so beautiful. She's all right. All right. Oh, I have to meet her. I wonder if Jake's an ace. Asexual. Lizak? Uh, <laughs> What's your take? He's, he's 12. <laughs> All right. He's got some time. I like that they lead with uh, with Nog being completely excited and interested in girls. Well, that's what they're doing in the first episode. Remember, they're they're. they're oh, that's right. The they kind of already are interested. In the transports. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has been set up. Come on. Puppets right. would not fail us. <laughs> I used to be a giant now, head. Both of you. Very smart. I'll see that he stays in bed. His plan. No, no. When he was a giant head, he was oh, super yes, smart. Oh yes, yes, sure, yeah. What was that all about? I haven't a clue. The Syrah, how is he? I wish I had better news. He's suffering from systemic organ failure, brought on by an accelerated rate of cellular decay. His body's surrendering to old age. Is there anything you can do? I can keep him comfortable and relatively free of pain. Other than that, it's just a matter of time, I'm sorry. But we need him. The Dal Rock will be here soon. What's the Dal Rock? It's a terrible creature that lives in the woods just north of the village. Every year at the end of harvest, it appears. And you say it's coming here, tonight? Yes. It always comes for five nights. This will be the fourth. And only the Syrah is strong enough to defeat it. But right now, the Syrah isn't strong enough to get out of bed. If what you say is true, this village will be destroyed tonight. All right, I got some things. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Please, no. Did you, what were you going to say? Curious? I was going to say, is it ever clear what's happening here? With the with the Del Rock, it's definitely it's definitely a little hazy even after explanation. Um, but the first thing is um, I forgot what the first thing was, so I'll just have to go to the second thing. Uh, the second thing is uh, part of the thing that I think that I find so boring about this episode is it's both Bajoran stories. They're both to me kind of low stakes Bajoran stories I understand that the that the you know the 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 well-being of these two villages or two you know whatever areas on Bajor is are you know important it just doesn't feel like like anything really matters I never felt like there was any real threat it always felt like this was kind of you know a bullshit schmuck baity kind of like uh, it's going to threaten us oh no from the beginning if you feel like it's all it's all going to be revealed to be something that's not legitimate in some way which I guess in, in right. reality it turns out to be a little bit more legitimate because I feel like it's it's more of a Ghostbusters 2 kind of a thing right where it's like it's feeding right. off their actual energy but then in creating this thing it is actually a threat is the idea yeah, the collective 
But that seems thanks kind of to like the ill, Ill shard of the stone of the prophets. Ill planned. Hey, let's create yeah. an actual threat. I guess it's to make everyone unified because otherwise they die. But still, um, so you got that, and then on the other one, you got this diplomatic thing that's kind of like all right, they got to work this out. And I'm just like, they're both. They should have split these Bejor stories up to different episodes. They should have made them more interesting in, independently. It's like these are tiny stories. stories it's like a subplot in a novelization. Yeah. We get a lot of Bejar stories over the course of the series, you're yeah, saying? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I hope that's, they're... That's do you find that they're more effective most of the time than these? I mean, I find that they're repetitive. But Bajoran stories, to me, yeah. are always a little repetitive, and they're just about, like, uh, the life of war-torn refugees, you know? Uh-huh. The trauma of the occupation. Which I mean, when you every once in a while, but, like... When you frame it that way, that's kind of... You know, here's the other thing is, I'm, I'm sure as we go, I guess we've already established that the, that the Bajorans are kind of, you know, they're both very almost uh, focused on mysticism in a somewhat primitive way and advanced in terms of, you know, their societal interactions and stuff. But um, and their technology and you know ability to fight the Cardassians, but uh, I don't know. Both of, both sides of these stories don't feel quite like the same people. You know, I can tell you what's happening and what the problem is with this episode. Okay, it's not about anybody. It's not about anybody in our cast. Like it's not about the crew of D Space Nine. Well, you know, it's even more than that. I agree with that. What is even more than that is. It doesn't usually if it's focuses, and I think TNG made this problem early on exactly what you're saying. It's like, hey, it's about these people that come on the ship. But the problem is, it doesn't even activate the people, right. our main people, in any serious way. Even the the one with Varys Sewell, you know, it sort of activates Jake and and uh, and Nog in terms of being interested in her and having a relationship with her. But it doesn't really. I don't think they really go through an arc. It's like she's the one with the arc, and at the end, she's even even they're being interested in her. Isn't like, oh, is she interested in either of them, or is she not interested in them? Does she at some point realize they're interested in whatever? It's like at the end, she's like, oh yeah, no, I know they had a crush on me. I mean, it was nice, whatever. It's just sort of like even that sort of has no stakes either way. <laughs> Cisco. We're kind of the unofficial welcoming committee around here. That's right. Welcome to DS9. Thank you. I'm Varys Sewell. Would you like a tour of the station? There's a Klingon freighter leaving for the Gamma Quadrant in a little while. We could watch it go through the wormhole. Good, good, good idea. Thanks. Uh, so how about <laughs> it? You want to go? I've never seen the wormhole. Then you're in luck. Because we know the best spot on the station for wormhole watching. Uh, unless you're busy or something. Not at the moment. I mean, it's a little cute. I, I, I agree. I like. I like the. Uh, I like the pair of them. Yeah. And their shenanigans. Which you know, that's a little hijinks. I wish these guys had gotten into more hijinks down here. Not not enough hijinks though between them. 
I would say, yeah, both both on both fronts, this show lacked hijinks that it needed. <laughs> <laughs> now, needed to up the hijinks factor do you think to six. Uh, do you think that's he- heavy cream or milk shot slow motion in water? 100%. It's an, <laughs> it's an industrial light and magic special. <laughs> right out of Raiders. But if you keep doing it, it doesn't look like anything except that. Yep. <laughs> it's not threatening at all. Wait, wait a second. I think you got the wrong guy. Say what I say. The village shall not be destroyed. What? Quickly. The village shall not be destroyed. Louder. So they can all hear. The village shall not be destroyed. He's saying the things now. He's saying the things. What's kind of funny in that moment is he tells him to say it louder, but then O'Brien doesn't raise his voice because it would upset the mic, the uh, the boom guy, (laughs) the mic, the guy, the people with the sound. So he just says it slower. (laughs) This is all ADR. Even even how it goes away is kind of unimpressive. It just sort of. Some lights fly back up the into it. The rock is defeated. The village is safe. Let's party. What did you think? The other guy, his assistant, kind of reminded me of... Um, What's his face? Uh, Santos, <laughs> the lion house <laughs> congressman. Good. We recently saw him, I think, on uh, on Enterprise, or we're going to. No, you already saw him, I think. Lawrence Mon Monosen. Patients coming along. Better make it a double. You asked to see me? Please, sit down. I just spent the last five hours sitting. Yes, five long, unproductive hours. Woman is an obstinate fool. Woman is here to talk. What are you here for? I would think that was obvious. To protect the interests of my people. How, by starting a war? I object to your tone, Commander. Because if that's what you're here for, if you'd rather fight than talk, then we're just wasting our time. That land belongs to the Paku. The Navak don't agree. Then they'd better be ready to die for it. I am. Or don't you believe me? I believe in people working together to find reasonable solutions to their problems. I hope you do as well. What you hope is no concern of mine. Now anything else you wish to say to me can be said tomorrow, across a conference table. Barris. Are you sure your people are as ready as you are to die for that land? Um, I wanted to get rid of the giant time thing and then all the other stuff on that. And I, and I clicked the X thinking that would do it, but it just closed the whole window. Huh. What do you think she is? I guess if she's not here, we'll try again at her quarters. When we find her, let me do the talking. She asked me questions, I answer them. What's wrong with that? Just remember, I saw her first. 
She's mine. Then how come you can barely say two words? That's how dibs work, Jake. God. <laughs> Doesn't he get it? Does he understand how dibs work, Andy? I think Jake handles him pretty well because all the insane things that he says like that, he doesn't address them head on. He just sort of goes like, why don't we address this larger issue, which is you can't even talk to her. <laughs> when I have a problem I can't figure out, I ask my dad. I, I ask my dad, too. It helps, doesn't it? Yeah. No. <laughs> my dad's a, a pretty smart pretty, guy. kind of funny. Uh, mine, too. In his own way. My parents are dead. They were Bummer. killed by the Cardassians. I'm sorry. My mom was killed during an attack by the Borg. What happened to your mom? Isn't there someone, what happened you, to Nog's to? Mom? someone you trust? I don't remember. I don't trust many people. My dad says My mom was in an arrangement with my dad. <laughs> you admire him very much, don't you? I trust him. Mr. Cisco. Odo. Oh, uh, we were just leaving. I wonder what we're dangling over the promenade <laughs> once again. That's where we would be, Matt. Was controlling those mm-hmm. energy creatures. That's well, us. I think certainly it wasn't me. <laughs> Try telling the villagers that. It would take me so long to get up. I'd be like, oh, hang on. <laughs> oh, oh, my choice. <laughs> well, the choose you as his successor. Yeah, but he made a mistake. Well, you saw the way he greeted you when we arrived. Oh, It was as if he was expecting you. But I'll tell you this, Chief. So is the suggestion that he was like, eh, this... The doctor seems like he might be able to pull off this con. I'm going to go to the other guy. The other guy seems like he'll never, the, the crowd will never buy him and he'll never be able to pull this off. If his plan was in the end to kind of give them a shitty Syrah so that. If that was his plan, then it was the prophet's plan. What does that mean? You know? But I mean, so are you so saying I'm that you saying. don't, you don't think that he was. He was cleverly trying to set O'Brien up to fail. I'd believe that the prophets were not that's old not, man McGillicuddy. That's not what uh, Bashir and O'Brien think. Or at least, O'Bri- I don't know, maybe maybe Bashir is just saying that at the end because he's trying to convince I think him. Bashir is just pe- putting pieces together that will uh, make Santos not kill everybody. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I'd have done what I could for the Syrah and left, and look what I would have missed. I'm glad you're enjoying yourself, Julian. Mm. Oh, don't worry, Chief. I have faith in you. Oh, do you? I mean, for all we know, you really were sent by the prophets. I was sent by Commander Sisko. This dull rock or whatever will be returning this evening, and everybody's counting on me to be able to stop it. The only trouble is, I don't have the slightest idea how I'm supposed to do that. To do These that. gifts are. Um. Yeah. Now what are we gonna do? The way I see it, the only way out of this mess is to find out exactly what this Dal Rock is and destroy it before it destroys us. I was gonna say. Being back up to the station. <laughs> Finding a solution. Then. Like, this is the kind of situation where I'd be like, 
now would be a great time to tell your commanding officer what's happening. The, I think I think on, this is the, the subtext of the reason why this this episode is so boring to me. Is it's just sort of like there is no real threat to them. They sort of feel responsible to this village, but it's not like they're trapped right. on the planet. By the way, I completely saw the end coming up a million miles before this. The end. What you knew that she'd want to trade freely between across the river? <laughs> well, yes, but I'm talking about the, the other plot. <laughs> I don't think so. You sure? Let's go before you embarrass yourself. Wait. Yes. Do you remember that opportunity we were discussing yesterday? Yes. How can you be sure that an opportunity is worth the risk? Ah, instinct. The ninth rule of acquisition clearly states that opportunity plus instinct equals profit instinct that's not gonna help profit i think it does thank you nog good let's celebrate you've celebrate? taught me how to turn the situation into dollar dollar bills what are we gonna do with that i don't know we could swipe Odo's bucket. are you kidding a bucket yeah we'll give it back yeah but it'll be funny now, Andy, did you think that the oatmeal was Odo? No. I did. Did you? No. Um, what if it was? I guess that would be my reaction if someone poured Odo on me. <laughs> I thought a couple of things. One oh, thing no. is... Oh, I the, gotta, I got to put Odo back together. That, that is... It, was, it wasn't... It's a pretty good prank, I do have to say to him. Yeah. Say, say yeah. to, it's like he spills Odo on you. That's pretty funny. I do say, though... He's got the fucking access to security. Seems like you don't want to spend that chip here. You're definitely going to need that at some point in the future. Well, I mean... If you're a rascal like these Nog. Are, these are shenanigans, you know? They end up yeah. having to clean up security office. That's all. Jake, are you sure this is all right? Well, it's not like we're really stealing anything. Found it. Oh! Oh, no! <laughs> That's so funny. The idea of like getting Odo poured on you and trying to put Odo back together. (laughs) (laughs) It's very dumb. (laughs) You should have seen your face. (laughs) Jake has a pretty good sense of humor about it. Was this a one and done too, Matt? Just one take? <laughs> what, the bucket? No, the bucket comes back. I know, but I mean the spilling on Jake. This one on Jake? Is this a one on one and done? Do you think they just did the one take spilling on Jake so they didn't have to oh. reset and have him change clothes? That's a great question. I bet they had three pairs of clothes ready. Yeah. But, oh, you know what's funny? Like, I did stare at this. I stared at the the oatmeal pattern on Nog to see if it changed when he went out to Cisco, and it doesn't change. Oh. So I was like, "Their script supervisor is fucking on it," or yeah. they did this immediately after. All right, script supervisor uh, looks for continuity issues. I believe that belongs to me, Andy. <gasps> why'd you tell me that? I know. Telling <laughs> <like> that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> see, like, like. 
like that pat, like right there on the back, like that. Yeah. That, that yeah. Was, was like, oh, that's that's good. That's good. I mean, it, this is all well and good. It's just boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nothing particularly exciting about any of it. Or it did any more damage. All I did was repeat what the Sarah told me. In that case, how did the Sarah manage to stop it? Uh, good question. Maybe there's a control mechanism hidden somewhere. Excuse me, miss. Please, Sarah, for my daughter. What about her? It looks like she wants you to bless her child. Me? You would mean so much. Good eye lock on that baby. Looking right at O'Brien. I'm sure she'll make you very proud. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Look at the performance on that kid. Like the the, the kid acts like she's oh, she's like, oh, ah, I've been blessed. That is some, okay. You know what? Somebody scout that kid. I gotta I gotta find out where, where she ended up because she's a great specific actor. <laughs> You come to find out she's like um, the baby uh, in Roger Rabbit. <laughs> she's like 50 years old, smokes a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was his name? Baby. Herman. Thank you. This guy, like, because, you know, it's funny to me, this guy's look like I'm going to fucking, I'm going to get this guy. Yeah. When it's so clear that O'Brien doesn't want to be this guy. <laughs> it's so true. Like he doesn't, also, doesn't come to, his plan true. is to stab him and then go, now I'm the Sierra. It's like, well, it's not going to look I suspicious to anybody. Plan, right? That's dumb. I do like that oh, fucking O'Brien and... Hold on. I love this door, Didn't by the way. The... love the shape of the door. love the design of the door. <laughs> Andy loves I, um, doors. I was I'm a door guy. Here's a coffee table book of interesting doors. <laughs> I'd love to read that. How we control the Dal Rock and that sort of thing? Why ask me? Surely this Sarah must have taught you all you need to know. Oh, all right. Have it your way. Oh, all right. Don't blame me when that creature goes rampaging through your village. <laughs> Good O'Brien instinct right there. Yeah, good reflex. He sees him in the mirror. Oh no, he didn't even see him in the mirror. He just, he just felt it. Didn't he look up? See him in the mirror? Coming? Up? He did actually did not look up. Huh? Watch. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, that guy's a, that guy's a bad stabber. The drop on him. <laughs> you ever try to stab an Irish guy? <laughs> no. It's not easy. I've tried zero times. Don't, don't hurt the fool. I'll try not to. That's enough. Tell him that. There's a little bit of hijinks here. That's enough. It's interesting. It's so atypical to any Star Trek fight that it's just... All right. Enough of this. Uh, talk, we're stopping now. And let's discuss. It's never you never see that. Well, <laughs> you know we never see a guy like this. Now you mind explaining why you tried to kill me? You are not the true Sarah. 
She won't get any argument from me. If he isn't, who is? I am. Well, we both like it's like it's like there's an off-screen conversation that happens during the commercial break, which is oh great, we both want the same thing. I've forgiven you for attempting murder. <laughs> yeah. Learning the secrets of the storyteller. Only to have you come along and take my place. Look, Fred, as far as I'm concerned, the job's yours. But if you were supposed to take over, how come the Syrah chose him? It was his way of punishing me. Punishing you? Three nights ago, the Syrah allowed me to tell the story. But when the Dalrock appeared, I was unable to control it. Several people were injured. Uh, control it? How? With this. The stone is said to be a fragment of an orb from the Celestial Temple. We had one of those orbs aboard our station. We're aware of how powerful they are. Many years ago, this village was deeply divided by hate and mistrust. The first Saran knew that unless he could find a way to unite the people, the village would destroy itself. <sighs> so he used this newsville as a catalyst to give their fears a physical form. So the orb, the orb is like uh, some sort of imagination machine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically it's an infinity gauntlet. <laughs> the orb is like that stupid device in Picard. Which one? Do you remember the tool at the at the last episode of the season? The tool that magically would become anything you wanted it to be. Oh yeah. That was handed the MacGuffin that's handed over. <laughs> Yeah. In the last episode with no yeah. setup whatsoever. It's the worst writing I've ever seen in my life, by the way. <laughs> it's a reality so stone. The villagers' also. thoughts create the Dal Rock. Yes. But they don't know that. It's a secret which is passed from Surah to Surah. Why do they need a storyteller? The story helps to focus the villagers' thoughts. And that enables them to defeat the Dal Rock by creating the shimmering light. I know if I had another chance, I could control the Dalrock. Why'd you fail the first time? It looks like tonight you are going to get that chance. We're going to be best (laughs) friends, even though you tried to kill me. (laughs) Here's your cloak. Here's your knife. That's right. Because you won't be allowed to endanger the village a second time. Now take off those robes. No not gonna work is it <laughs> Horvath never gets what he wants but that's not why I wanted to be with them I wanted to learn about you Jake speaks very highly of you he trusts you that's always nice to hear hearing Jake speak of you Reminded me of how much I miss my own parents. My father was a great man. A great leader. I'm sure he'd be very proud of you. I try to be strong. A great leader with a great sense of style. He was the first guy to wear that Bajoran earring, you know. (laughs) Everybody told him he was crazy and he looked silly. And he's like, you'll see. Now everyone does it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> he also was the first person to wear one of those 
One of those bandanas on her heads. <laughs> that one hasn't caught on as much. That's because he knew the Nabot feared him. If I were to make concessions, Wobin would think I was weak. I doubt he would be that foolish. But he is determined to get that land back. I am not afraid of Wobin or the Nabot. I never said you were. So your answer is still no. You don't lose by saying no. Maybe. But a great leader, like your father, is one who's willing to risk saying yes. Hmm. It's nice. It's nice. I think also in the, I don't know, I guess it's it's mostly the performance, but I think in the characterization of the girl too, we've seen so many Bajorans be hotheads. This is a perfect opportunity for her to come in fucking guns blazing. And she's kind of bland even when she's sort of starting shit with Groban. I think she should have just like gotten in his face. Good and then there's, there's more the of an arc. still would not have been better. No, it wouldn't. It would have been a little bit better. But not Ready to face the Dark Rock. Do you think that maybe the Sarah planned all this? confidence in you so he chose O'Brien as his successor knowing that you would have to rescue him. Don't you see? This is your chance to prove once and for all that you are the true Syrah. All right now. Let's really focus and send this one out. <laughs> That's okay? funny delivery. Let's really send I think they should have gone further. Message. I agree. When it would have been funnier with him messing up. Lucky to die. Delrock. It's about time. The Delrock is a fearsome enemy. The mountains tremble with its fury. But our prosperity is its misery. Our unity is its vulnerability. And our strength is its doom. The Dalrock trembles. It fears our strength. It fears our friggin' clouds sucking up some dust. It knows it cannot stand against us. Because the village is united. We are as one. And then the hardened slime shell disappeared from the museum. You see for yourselves, the Dalrock is defeated. This village is safe for another year. The point is, the thing that Dalrock hates more than anything is bad storytelling. <laughs> so to hate this episode. And free trade access to both sides of the river would mean a lot to my people. It's a reasonable compromise. We thought we'd wish you luck with your meeting. Thank you. That's All nice. your help. All right, let's go. You two are going to clean the security office until it shines. You know, Chief, this is going to make a fantastic story to tell around the station. Not for me. I've had my fill of storytelling for the time being. Well, I hope you don't mind if I mention it. So yourself, Julian. Oh, and Chief, on second thoughts, you don't really have to call me Julian. 
Right you are, sir. There you go. We did it. Isn't that isn't that a terrific way to end an episode that didn't really do anything? <laughs> what a what a snooze fest. Who cares? Meandering episode of Dum Dum. Let's do the thing that we like to do right now. Thanks to Cosmo. Who will it be? The MVC. Um, uh, is it Nog? Nog's one who gave him the, her the most useful information. Well, I think it's Bashir. It actually depends on which story you think is the most important. <laughs> the, the one on the, the 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 one on the planet seems to have no impact on anything. <laughs> I mean, I guess they say they help the they help the the village, but who cares about them? That did blow up nearly. It nearly blew up Chief O'Brien. A diplomatic, a screwed up diplomatic thing would have had much more impact on the station than. Uh, and right, I think that's fair. And I think, and I think the Bajorans. Although I guess if, if whatever that, <laughs> that creature that they created <laughs> to unify those people was suddenly rampant without anyone to stop it, maybe it would destroy the planet. But uh, um, I'm giving it to Nog. Nog is the one who says, um, you know, instinct plus opportunity equals profit. Points her in the right direction. Yes, she had conversations with, with Cisco that sort of clarified it, but it was kind of already in her head. Felt like she already knew what she wanted to do. And also she was lost. You could give it a little to Jake, too, but it's really Nog that's pushing it. She wanted to see if she could trust Cisco. Yeah, but the information she discusses with Cisco. I guess it kind of is is enlightening, also, but I feel like it doesn't happen without well, Nog. It's so meaningless that we'll just give it to Nog. Thank you, Nog. Great Good job. job. You did it. Enjoy your MVC. You'll get some more in the in the years to come. I have no doubt. How many Andy's does this episode get? This is a tough one. Because you know I got some cute stuff with Nog and Jake, and uh, um. That's it. <laughs> I think that's it. It's not a you know it's I not mean, it's not a it's not a like an aggressively awful it's episode. Not, it's not egregiously it's bad. So yeah. purposeless. It's a, three, it's a three and a half. It's a three and a half. I'm giving it a three just because I really was so bored. Wow. I'm going to two point five. I'm going even a little bit lower. For the relationship. Uh, Paving the way for some right. Bashir. That, that has no bearing on me because I because I while I accept romance. that it has it has significance later, I do not see what's so joyful about them and, and their relationship in this episode. So I give it a two point wow. five. This one Andy, is Snoozeville. It's tough critic. Guess it's hard when you're born on May twentieth to not be tough uh, critic, you know. I'm a Taurus. I'm stubborn. Yep. You're a Ford Taurus. I'm a Ford Taurus, the most stubborn of all the signs. <laughs> the most stubborn Can't, of all sedans. They, re, they refuse to be allowed to be put into drive unless they're ready. <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. Look, uh, we'll see you again pretty soon. Thanks to the Patreon.
You know? We don't have trailers, you, right? We don't right? You join in, become a. We're doing. We get basically being part of the Patreon guarantees you at least two DS9 a month, and then we're doing two Enterprise at the lieutenant's level, and then two more Voyager, two additional Voyagers per month at the president's level. So you get, which you get everything at the president's level, and also Picard is coming. Picard is coming. So if you want to hear our thoughts on season three, which I'm pretty sure you're going to want to hear, then I would get over to the Patreon. Uh, that's it for us. Toodles. Disengage. Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. Callers outside of the United States should use country code plus one. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matter Andy, send an email and they'll work it out. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle and get access to all of the content for only $17.01 per month.